0: Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the Control Amplified podcast. I'm Len Vermillion, editor in chief of Control Magazine and controlglobal.com. I'm really excited for this conversation as hydrogen development is something I've covered fairly extensively, but of course I'm no expert, but we are fortunate to have someone who gives us a really good understanding of hydrogen as a resource, and the technology involved, particularly, in this case, measurement. Mark Butler is an Application Innovation Director in the Measurement Solutions Business Unit at Emerson. He specializes in Coriolis flow and density measurement for upstream, midstream, and downstream energy. So Mark, thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Lynn. I'm glad to be with you. All right, so let's start off with why do we need to measure the flow of hydrogen? Well, um,
1: that's a short question, but there's a, a kind of a long answer. That's uh, fine. <laughs> because there's more than one reason. There's a lot of different reasons. And um, I'm excited to be involved with a lot of the hydrogen development that's going on right now. And it, it's uh, given me a great opportunity to do so by being part of this uh, Micromotion Coriolis um, business unit here at Emerson, since um, our products can be used through the entire value chain. And so when I say there's a lot of different uh, reasons that we need to be able to accurately measure the flow of hydrogen, it's because I'm recognizing as I learn more and more about the industry as it evolves, that there's so many needs um, to be able to facilitate Three main functions um, that deliver hydrogen to us as an alternative way of handling energy. The first is production. And so people are using all kinds of different methods, including steam methane reformation, which is the more traditional method, as well as uh, a growing industry around electrolyzers, which uses green energy from wind, solar, and uh, hydroelectric and other sources of renewable energy. To turn electricity into hydrogen so it can be more easily stored and so all kinds of uh, measurement opportunities uh, exist in the production side where hydrogen is first being created then once it's there um, we need to be able to move it um, to get it to where it needs to be so it can be used and there's all many forms of uh, transportation available to us it can even be liquefied into a cryogenic state at about 20 degrees kelvin which is really really cold colder than most cryogenic liquids but it does afford us the opportunity to condense the hydrogen into liquid phase so it can be put into a tank and moved a lot more easily it'll probably be transported across uh, ocean uh, distances much more readily in liquid form uh, than gaseous form in gas form it has to be at very high pressure Um, in order to be transported and and stored where uh, it can be used. And then finally, uh, the third segment of the value chain is really um, sales and custody transfer. So when it gets delivered to the final consumer, it can also be in many forms. It can still be in liquid form. It can be in very high pressure form, uh, as we are seeing with vehicle fuel dispensers. Um, If you've ever seen or driven a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle, it's a lot like an electric vehicle, but it has hydrogen stored on board at about 10,000 PSI so that it can reach the distance that we need before we have
0: to refuel. So along those lines, uh, who actually buys hydrogen? And you touched a little bit about how it's used, but maybe you can expand on that.
1: Sure. It's bought by many different people. It can be bought by large industries. In fact, it may surprise a lot of people to learn that large refineries that are refining the gasoline and diesel fuel that so many of us use every day um, use hydrogen quite a bit. It's also used in food production industries. So there's industrial customers, but there are also individual consumers. And one of the more interesting growing areas of an individual consumers is uh, for home heating and cooking. In fact, uh, those of us who are using natural gas already on a natural gas grid may soon start to receive hydrogen blended in with that natural gas because it does mix well with natural gas and we can use all the appliances we already have in our homes in order to uh, combust and burn that mixture and get uh, more uh, value out of the hydrogen that's produced with green energy sources mixed in with our natural gas. I also mentioned vehicle fuel, and that is another rapidly growing area where people can refuel their hydrogen fuel cell vehicles with high-pressure hydrogen gas, and they'll buy those in a dispenser that looks a lot like a gasoline dispenser that most of us are used to seeing at, at the gas station, um, once it's loaded on board, it can be turned from hydrogen gas back into electricity using the fuel cell, and then it powers an electric motor that's identical to the kind of electric motor that you would find in an electric vehicle. It's just that the electricity is now coming from the fuel cell because of the hydrogen going back into electricity form instead of from the battery. And, um It's also used in steel production uh, as a part of one of the major industrial customers that uses it.
0: Well, we're here to talk about measurement, and is it hard to measure hydrogen? It can be. Um, As you probably
1: already sensed, it can come in such a wide range of conditions, whether it's freezing, cold, cryogenic liquid, or extremely high-pressure gas. It can also be low pressure gas and as i just touched on mixed together with natural gas it can be low pressure uh, mixture of fuel gases in a pipeline so these all present very interesting measurement challenges and one of the things about hydrogen that also makes it more difficult to measure than most gases is that it's extremely light it's got a very light molecule with two hydrogen atoms and so um, that is why you will find that it has to be at much higher pressure than most other gases, including natural gas, in order to uh, be able to occupy a practical amount of space uh, based on the energy density that it has. Make the, the measurement of it a little more challenging than most traditional fluids.
0: Well, there is, it is going to be challenging. So then how can we measurement? What's the, what's the process here?
1: Well, we're starting to see um, two primary flow metering technologies emerge as the front runners there. And Coriolis meters, um, uh, which is why I'm involved with uh, a lot of these developments, uh, has such a versatile capability in that it can measure all kinds of different types of fluids, gases, liquids, cryogenic fluids, blended fluids. They're so invulnerable to changes in the process fluid properties and conditions that they make an ideal solution to be able to measure these extreme conditions that we're seeing with hydrogen um, in these applications. The other one that's emerging is ultrasonic meters. And ultrasonic meters are probably one of the de facto standards you'll find in most pipeline transmission applications for natural gas now. And there's a lot of research going on today to show that um, for these large quantity, uh, really uh, highly important gas transmission measurement applications, ultrasonic meters are going to be able to continue to measure accurately as we've always depended on them for with natural gas, even as we begin to add more and more hydrogen in with the natural gas.
0: Well, obviously we want to know what we're doing is correct. So then how do we know the measurement is working?
1: Well, that's a very good question. And I'm I'm happy to be part of the global measurement community mm-hmm. that consists of national regulators and laboratories and manufacturers like Emerson and other people who all come together to answer this very question. And um, so we've taking a look at the existing standards for measuring uh, other types of fluids. And we're doing gap analysis right now to make sure that the standards are brushed up and, and kept as fresh as possible so that they cover the scope needed to address any new questions that come up related to hydrogen. Um, and just as, as one example um, for testing fueling uh, dispensers with the high pressure hydrogen gas going to uh, fuel cell vehicles, there's been a very special um, traveling field test apparatus that can go around to different gas stations and test meters um, against a weigh scale, which is a trusted link in the measurement traceability chain, because we're very good at weighing things and establishing the traceability of of weigh scales. Uh, Other methods are uh, looking into the prospect of doing laboratory testing in established gas labs but understanding the impact of the difference between the gases that they're used to using, like air and natural gas and carbon dioxide gas, in order to test for meters that are going to be used to measure hydrogen gas. So there's a lot of work going on there to make sure that those meters, once they're tested on one of these other gases, are going to measure accurately in hydrogen gas. And to do that, there are going to need to be at least a couple of labs that can test with pure hydrogen gas just to demonstrate that um, at the outset, and those are still being developed. There's a lot of long experience with both uh, hydrogen gas and ultra-cryogenic, like uh, hydrogen and helium uh, liquid measurement in industry. And um, another uh, really compelling um, test method that's been developed is related to the liquefied natural gas, which is cold, but it's nowhere near as cold as liquid hydrogen. So there are existing laboratories for testing cryogenic liquids and also gases of all types. Uh, and so there's already a, a good head start on um traceable measurement standards and laboratories needed to support this industry as it continues to grow. Um, and then um as far as uh The protection of um, the confidence in the measurement, once it's been established, uh, the types of meters that we're talking about with ultrasonic and Coriolis uh, generally tend to have very advanced diagnostics. And one of the really important characteristics of these advanced diagnostics is that it has the ability to check and see if any of the uh, fundamental aspects of the metering device, which are going to be an indicator of whether the last most recent calibration against a traceable standard is still intact, um, can be employed with very little uh, additional trouble in field during operations. So um, all these things are combining to come together to give us the confidence that we're going to need as uh, more and more hydrogen
0: is being measured
1: and traded legally around the world.
0: And of course, confidence is important because everybody worries about safety. So let me ask you that as a final question here. Is hydrogen safe and why?
1: Oh, yeah, that's another really good question. And as part of this sort of uh, dynamic period in the energy industry where more and more people are looking at hydrogen uh, as a fuel gas and a commodity, um, it's important to remember that there's a long, long history of using hydrogen as a process gas in industrial processes. Uh, as I mentioned earlier it's it's been used for a long, long time in refining and steel production. uh more recently, it's starting to be used as rocket fuel um and uh and it's uh been around a long time. So there are uh, segments of industry who had a lot of experience handling hydrogen and safety standards uh, have uh, grown up with that experience. And so there's uh, plenty of um, past experience and precedent to show us that the the movement of hydrogen and um, the measurement of hydrogen can be done safely. It's just a matter of making sure that those practices that ensure safety in the established and and well-understood applications where it's already been used, Uh, make it into the commercial areas where it's now being traded as a a fuel gas uh, and and as a commodity in the energy industry.
0: Well, Mark, that's great information all around. And I want to thank you for being with us today. Hope to talk to you about more of this soon.
1: It's been a real pleasure, Len, and I appreciate having the opportunity to spend time with you today.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you.